So here's the problem. We got into yoga for peace and tranquility and then tried to make it our livelihood and lifestyle. We became students, teachers, studio owners, or retreat center builders. Then we realized it's still not that easy. Welcome to Dharmify with Hargobind. I'm your host. Here, I'll share the systems, tools, tips, and stories to bring the lessons of yoga into our chaotic lives. What's up, everybody? This is Hargobin. I want to talk about festivals. And I want to talk about how Dharmify uh, is super helpful for planning your festivals. The, um, the process of doing festivals is... Um, it's, it's, it's a lot. Because it starts out as an idea in someone's mind and then spreads like... Uh, like wildfire all of a sudden to 40, 50, 60, 70 planners, operators, hosts, musicians, teachers, chefs to, to, to build a mini little community for a small amount of time. And that's not an easy process and getting everybody to work together is just extremely difficult when you're going from one person to, to, to multiple people. I'll, I'll tell you a story. So, so I was having some trouble with uh, uh, some people I was working with in, in the festival business and I went to my attorney and we were just talking through the operating agreement and you know trying to find a resolution and all of a sudden he says to me, he says, Hargobin, listen, it's like you're trying to paint a Monet and you're thinking about brush strokes you're thinking about pastel colors. You're thinking about your contemporaries of Rembrandt and Renoir. You're thinking about your place in the 18th century Impressionist art movement. And you're reflecting on how the future is going to see you. And these guys... They're over there in the other corner, eating the fucking paint. <laughs> and I just, I loved the candor of the story because people are coming together for very different reasons. And in a traditional business, you've got a lot of time to kind of work this out. In the festival business, you're really coming together in a big group pretty quickly. So a lot of energy moves. Someone told me that Osho said festivals will transform the consciousness of humanity. I don't know that he really said that, but so much goes down in festivals with growth and change and pressure and just a lot of energy comes together when big groups of people gather. So it's a lot. Here's how you dharmify specifically for your festivals. First thing is you start off with the soul as to why you need to do this. And staying so close to the soul of an event is going to make 
the event successful. There's got to be a compelling reason why this group of people needs to come together. When we started with Spirit Fest, which became Satnam Fest the first time, the reason the group needed to get together is because there was a growing musical community. And that musical community needed a venue that was specific with sound engineering, professional sound system, professional lighting, staging, and a, a, a real concert experience as opposed to a yoga experience. So the flip was we were making it a high-end summer solstice. And to make a high-end summer solstice was a compelling need for that group of musicians to come together. And so for that reason, it worked. Second festival that I was a part of was the One Fire, the Hot Yoga Festival. And it was really in the mix of, of the whole Bikram scandal. And there was a compelling need for that group to come together and just practice yoga and not you know, be so involved in, in all the drama. So people came out of the woodwork specifically to come together for it. On some level, it was a success. But when you're getting into the soul of your own large event, the real why does this group need to come together has got to be front and center. If you've got the why, you've got lots of soul in it, you've got energy in it, you probably have a good idea. If you don't, or, or, or if the idea loses its soul, you, you, it, it's time to let it go. Step number two is the karma of it. Karma is the history of why this group needs to get together. What are those specific events that came together at this particular time that gives it some karma? And in the case of Sanam Fest, it was that the musical group was evolving and the need for infrastructure was there. And that if we were gonna get this next group of artists to the next level, they needed uh, they needed more they needed more equipment, more infrastructure, and they needed more people to play in front of. So the idea that we had is that okay, if we could get the people to come for the headliners, our up and coming acts would then get the chance to, to perform. With one fire, it was it was that there was turmoil. And there was turmoil and the events that people wanted to go to were no longer as attractive as they once were. But the people but people still want to gather. And so that made a compelling karmic need for it. On the personal level for both of those, to me they were they were ways to grow and they were ways to expand my own skill set. So I had soul and karma in it on the personal level. Step number three becomes Dharma, okay? So Dharma is defined as the right way. And so what becomes the right way of the festival to do it? This is kind of like a mission statement, but even simpler than that, it's like, are we doing this or not? Once you make a specific karma that this is the, of all the options that you have in the universe, that putting on this festival is the most compelling need then, then you know you're ready to, to go make it happen. 
Step forward to vision, which is step four in my Dharmify. Step four in the Dharmify is, all right, what's the best possible scenario for this? What's the high vision for making this festival happen? I would not get into the event planning business if you're not ready to, to dedicate five years to this. The first year is just so painful. Well, it's, it's exciting, it's exciting, but it just also so many hard lessons. Second year, you're, you're putting in the work too. Third year, you should be finding your groove, finding your team, developing your whole thing. Fourth year, you should be profitable. Fifth year, you should be, you know, stuffing money under your mattress. And if you're not getting good, consistent growth year after year, you're doing something seriously wrong and you need to go back to soul and karma because these events should become very successful and there should be a building compelling need for people to return each year to the event that you're putting on. And if you don't have that compelling reason for people to do it, you gotta go do something else because festivals are too much work, too expensive, too risky. Uh, there's just so many var variables between weather, financing, headliners, scheduling, accidents, you know, the liability on you as the uh, festival leader is, is just so high. So the high vision should be something that you meditate on. And when you meditate on the high vision, you feel, yes, this is awesome. And if you meditate on the high vision and you think, yeah, in five years, I don't want to be doing this, don't do it. It, it, it takes too long for this to become a thing. So you meditate on the high vision, you put out the best possible scenario, and then you meditate on it, and if it feels great, you keep going. If it doesn't feel good, go back to Dharma and do something else. Assuming you like the high vision for, 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 for the festival, we go to step number five, which is chop wood and carry water. And the Zen cone goes, before you reach enlightenment, chop wood and carry water after enlightenment chop wood and carry water as you're losing money you should be having fun as you're taking a beating chasing your vision you should be having fun and you should be wanting to do that kind of work and you say argument nobody likes taking a beating no some of us do because we know that's what it takes to reach the mountaintop and so if you don't want to do that kind of work make it easy on yourself don't do it Go do something else. There are things that will pay you a salary at the end of the week. Go do that. You want it, you want it, you're glutton for punishment and, and you believe in yourself and you believe in what you're doing. Go become the entrepreneur and build the dopest event you've ever, you've ever dreamed of. Chop wood, carry water makes it real. It's one of the specific tasks that we're gonna do to make this festival happen. What are those actual things that we've got to do? And you look at the chop wood, carry water, and then say to myself, yeah, I'm gonna do this. I'm ready, let's go, let's rock and roll. You don't wanna do the work, you gotta go backwards and change the vision and change the Dharma. If you're game to do the work and you're ready to roll, build your festival, let's go to the next step, napkin financials. Okay, step number six is napkin financials. It comes from Southwest Airlines. Okay, Southwest Airlines, the back of the napkin, 
Martin financials the way that the, the, the legend goes. Herb Keller was sitting there talking to, a, to an investor of his about the idea of starting an airline. And they pull out a little napkin and they start writing on the back of the napkin what are the finances it's going to take. You know, we need to rent a plane. We need to hire a staff. We need to rent some, some jet fuel, rent some, some cargo space. Uh, or rent some uh, terminal space at the airport. And they're like, okay, yeah, that'll work. Let's go do it. And literally for the one fire, I sat down and I was writing on back of a piece of paper and I was just going over some numbers and I, I liked everything up until that point. And then I realized, oh my God, I'm going to lose $28,000. And I've done too many festivals. I don't want to lose $28,000. So... I am going to change the venue. And that's how the first one fire ended up at a big studio in Bethesda. And we rented a little hotel up the street and called it an urban hot yoga festival rather than going to a campground. And that was great. So we ended up basically breaking even um, because the, the budget led us to the right size. And you gotta respect the budget and you gotta respect the right size because also in the festival business, last thing you wanna do is over infrastructure. You over infrastructure, over infrastructure, you spend too much money, you have too few people there, it feels lame and boring. A 200 person event, a 100 person event can feel amazing just so long as you're not in a theater that holds a thousand people. Worst thing you can ever do to yourself is put yourself in too big of a venue because then people feel like, oh man, these guys, you know, must not know what they're doing. And the last thing you ever want to do is present the idea into your client's mind that you're an idiot and you don't know what you're doing. And I say that from experience because numerous times I've had venues that were too big. So the best thing you can do is sell out your event and, and, and get really the minimum possible infrastructure to accomplish what you're trying to do. And that just makes for the right perfect size type of event. So in the napkin financials, you just literally write your numbers down on a piece of paper and you get a good sense of what your budget is. Now, you're gonna say, okay, well, shouldn't I write a business plan and shouldn't I do pro forma financials? Yes, you should. But here's what's gonna happen. Once you do your pro forma uh, budget and, and projected income statement, you're gonna come back and have to decide, are you gonna do this or not? Is this a yes, it's on, or no, it's not? With napkin financials, especially having gone through the soul karma dharma vision and chop wood carry water, you get to the point where it's like, okay, I already know I want to do this. I know there's a compelling need. I'm, I'm solving an actual problem. I like this role and identity that I'm going to form as the festival organizer. I like the work that I'm going to do. Now do I have the money or not? And if I don't have the money, then you go backwards and you modify. Or you go out and get the money. Or you figure out some way that the money makes sense. Because the problem with a budget and spending so much time, really the problem with the budget is it's not really set up to get to the core heart of the matter, which is, are you doing it or are you not doing it? And, and that's what Napkin Financials does. It gets to a yes or a no. And so as you write down your little thing, you just say, yes, this is on or no, this is off. Assuming this is on, let's go to the last step. The last step I call Guru's blessing. 
okay? And Guru's blessing comes from Gurnanak's Jepji, and I love Jepji, and Gurnanak writes all the, 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 the facets of the highest performing human and, and the, the facets of God that are inside of us in Mool Mantra. And in Mool Mantra, it's like we're all, we all have the ability to connect, be part of the universe of creation, we can speak the truth, we can live without fear, beyond, you know, beyond, uh, beyond form, beyond death, all, all these things that, that we can uh, achieve in our, in our, in our process and our meditation. And then at the end, he says, yeah, but it's Guru's blessing anyway. So you kind of got to get lucky. You kind of need good, good will. You kind of need, you know, Guru's blessing to, to make this stuff happen. So what the hell does that mean? In this particular case, it's your smallest viable market. It's the minimum amount of people that you need to get to the event to make it successful. And that's a mixture of your work, your effort, all of the things you've done before in the Dharmify, and you gotta get lucky. The market has gotta be right. The timing has to be right. The weather has to be right. All of those other factors, you kinda gotta get lucky on. How do you get lucky? Practice. Arnold Palmer says it best. More I practice, luckier I get. Is he always lucky? No. But you put in the work, you do the first six steps, you be as smart as you possibly can, and chances are you get Guru's blessing. But you do, especially in the festival business, you kinda gotta get lucky. Because there's so many factors that are out of your control. The way you get lucky though, is you write down smallest viable market. Minimum number of people that you actually have to get to the event for it to be successful. And this should be specific names. You should be able to rattle off a hundred people that are desperate to come to your event because they're gonna get XYZ out of it. 200 names, 300 names. Get that as long as possible so that you feel so good when all these people show up and they start calling you and they're like, man, I can't wait to get tickets. When is this thing going? When are we doing this? Okay, I gotta get back to your festival. Smallest viable market, if that checks out, you're gonna get Guru's blessing. You just will. The thing is gonna show up to serve you. Okay, people are gonna show up if there's that much support. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the podcast, I think you'll love my book, Dharmify, a daily practice to get your mind right, your business tight, be a love light so you feel all right. It's available at amazon.com. Also, you want to learn more about Dharmify? Try my course, Seven Days of Dharmify, which is available at dharmify.com. Finally, come visit me. Come see Casa Om Potomac. Come see Casa Om Mexico. I'll show you the best time. Lastly, if you enjoyed the podcast, share it with someone that you love. Please leave me a comment. Send me a note on Facebook. Tell me what you like. Tell me what you want to hear more of. I'll be sure to get you the best I possibly can. I wish you all a beautiful day. Stay Dharmified.